Hey Rollers, this is Josh. If you're a nerd like us, you should check out our Patreon. We have bonus QPR content, like what Eek and Emberlin are doing while the party continues their adventure, Solinar first getting into an Ilarian gang, or how Boat got into the professional wrestling circuit. Thank you so much. We're only able to record QPR with the support of listeners like you. Check us out at patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. I'm not saying I say things the most. And I'm done. Did you did you use the restroom? Yep. Uh, my desk chair is also a toilet. You guys never nice. know. I've been, I, I, I've been convenient. I've been trying to get that upgrade. That's the best work from home invention since sliced ham. All right. Come on and slam. Let's walk up to the jam. And to get the, this ham. Done. the ham jam. <laughs> this is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news in Varian and beyond can make its way right to your ears. Before we get started on deep dives and recaps, I thought I'd read a letter from a friend. This one comes from Josh M. in Tinkerhaven. Josh writes, Hey, Nelson. Love the show, and I listen to it every week. Did you know that Quid Pro Roll will now release on Wednesday mornings? Crazy stuff. Anyway, take care and keep on rolling. Well, Josh, I truly appreciate you listening, and I always love getting letters from friends out there. Not sure what Quid Pro Roll is, but it sounds fun, so I'll shake it out. On Wednesday mornings, of course. Well, listeners, in other news, Solinar and his father have a bit more heart-to-heart while the rest of the group turn in for the night. But as they drift to sleep, the party begins to have some very strange dreams. Dreams of the ones who came before. Johannes saves a mortally wounded Iris, and Koza follows Van's advice and flees from a dragon attack. Meanwhile, Solinar is just barely too late to help Bernard and Astrid. But perhaps there's more to these dreams than we have yet seen. Well, sadly, I'm all out of time for today, but I'm looking forward to what the future may hold. Y'all take care now. So, Solinar, where we last left off, you were enveloped in this bright, searing red light. It fades after a moment, though the room itself seems to have been stained in some way. Like there's this residual red glow all around the room, and there is this powerful feeling of necrotic energy just swirling from that space. The two figures that were in the center of the room are both collapsed completely. They are showing no motion, no movement. So during the flash of red light, Solonar is going to shield his eyes. And then as it as it begins to fade, he's going to sheathe attention and then run forward 
and basically baseball slide up to Bernard and be like, no, 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 no. And then he's going to check him to like, he's going to see if he's still breathing, which I think probably doesn't require a check, does it? Yeah, with as faint it? with as faint as it potentially could be, yeah, go ahead and roll a check. Okay. So I will I will roll a medicine check for vitals. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that that is okay. a reasonable thing to do that you can in fact do with that kind of roll. Solonar doesn't know what living people look like on his best day. <laughs> what did you roll? On that one. Ooh. Yeah. Everybody seems real dead. You're not entirely sure what the difference is. Solonar is like he's like, I know. I know I've seen people do this before. And so he takes uh, two fingers and he puts it directly on Bernard's clavicle. And he's like, I don't, I don't feel anything. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel, but I don't feel it. I, oh God, I'm too late. Then one too is late love starts playing over the speakers. <laughs> too late to be of any assistance. I guess I guess I need to see something. That's that's all of the previous ones. They were all about seeing something. You hear soft footfalls behind you, as if someone in bare feet is walking down the hallway. Uh, Solonar stands up and draws attention and calls out, "Who goes there?" Witness. Oh, Artemis. She's going to come into the room and sort of gingerly step over some of the corpses. She looks sadly at, like, the bodies of Bernard and Astrid. Witness. I, I, I witnessed plenty. I, I saw Bernard do some sort of magic thing. And I, I guess they're both dead now, which I don't really understand the point of me seeing that. I, I knew the party before had failed. Artemis is going to walk up to Bernard and take the thing that was in his hand out. It appears to be an enormous ruby. She walks over to a nearby altar and places it upon it. Solonar's like eyes widen a lot and he's like, that's, that's the ruby you showed me in your tent. Yes. So... Should I take that? Uh, am I here? Yes. What's happening right now? Artemis looks down and folds her arms. Atonement. I don't quite understand what I need to atone for. I'm on a holy mission. She shakes her head. Uh, oh. No, not me atonement. Him atonement? And Solonar points at Bernard. She shakes her head again. Not him. Myself. You? What do you have to atone for? She looks confused for a moment and then, like, looks down as if she's trying to remember something that was just, like, in her head and then is just gone. Is this because you stole Banana? She sighs and kind of gives you a really look. No. She holds up her hand and this, like, swirling black and purple energy almost like sort of a galactic aura surrounds her hands oh no not this again she shakes her head and looks at you dropping her hands and the aura sort of fading reality 
I don't understand what that means. Unless, and Solinar walks over toward the altar where the stone is, and then reaches out to grab it. You can. Lays hand, your hand, lays you, hand on it? Yeah, your hand wraps around it. It feels oddly warm, and it's pulsing softly. He kind of holds it for a moment and stares at it, and then... Uh, he's got a, a look of concentration and he's like, there was something I did in my vision with the stone. I think it had something to do with attention, but, and he kind of like draws the pommel of it. Like he pulls attention out of its hilt, out of its scabbard enough so that the hilt is kind of up like near his chest. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of draws the stone over towards the pommel and holds the two close together. He's like, it was something like this, I think. So you notice that the pommel is roughly the same size as the ruby. He kind of like takes the ruby and like holds it in the crook of his arm. And then he's holding the, he's holding attention with his right hand. And then with his left, he's trying to like pull the pommel off or like open it up. It will unscrew and come out. Also, I like that Solinar is trying to solve this the same way that I try to carry all my groceries in one trip. (laughs) He doesn't want to let go of the stone now that he's got it. And after he's got the pommel unscrewed, uh, is there like a gap or a space there then? There is. He tries to put the stone into that space and then take the pommel and kind of like put it back on. As the ruby is inserted into the space of the sword, the sword lights up with a red and black energy that very, very slowly just like fades away to this dark, dark green. The energy radiates out from the blade, and it glows for a moment, as if it was just pulled out of a forge. He looks up at Artemis, and he's like, Yeah? Is is this... I remember seeing this, kind of. She looks kind of sad for a moment. Yes. Okie dokie. And then he refastens the pommel in place. The sword attention sort of feels alive. It it you can feel almost a heartbeat as you have your hand around the hilt. Well, the grip. All right, that's a little spooky. I'm going to I'm just going to let attention hang out in its scabbard for a while and hopefully I don't need it because I've turned my sword into a spooky sword. <coughs> Which I guess is what I was supposed to do, because I recalled seeing that. Artemis but, shrugs and just says, power. I mean, more more powers, nice, certainly. Hopefully this isn't some sort of weird curse I'm placing on myself. Depends on what you consider a curse. Oh my god, Artemis said more than one word. That was Alex, not Artemis. <laughs> you you know that that was not Artemis. That was not her cadence. <laughs> she just kind of like silent, stares and goes, bruh. She s- s- stares and says, that was Alex, not Artemis. <laughs> <laughs> that was 
what you don't know is the reason that Artemis has all of this like weird knowledge is she's actually like at, can communicate directly with me. Ah, uh, she's a warlock and you're her patron. The DM. I The strongest of all patrons. <laughs> I kind of like that idea, honestly. That's really funny. That's not what it is, but like that'd be dope. She turns and you see sort of a swirling mist surround the two of you. And as that mist surrounds, boat, we're going to you. You find yourself on sort of a rocky outcropping sticking out from a mountain. If you look out, you can see what appears to be just this vast swath of Alarian land. You can see for miles from where you are. I have a question. Yes. Uh, everybody else in their uh, past dreams, were they wearing what they were wearing at the time that they went to sleep? <laughs> they were wearing what they normally wear traveling. They were not wearing what they wear sleeping. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that, that before that we got would, any further. That would be so awful. That would, like, all of these, like, dramatic scenes and boats just buck naked the whole yeah. time. Boats, tugboats hanging out. Oh, God, no. No, all <laughs> of you. Flapping gently in the breeze. Oh, God, no. All of you are wearing, like, what you travel Those are some in. Flappy butt cheeks. <laughs> Yikes. Boats are like granite, man. As you're standing, clothes. On this outcropping, <laughs> a huge <laughs> looming shadow passes over you. Um, would it be dragon shaped? It would decidedly be dragon shaped. Okay. And there are dozens of them. You oh. look. If you look up, you will see fully grown red dragons sailing in a formation towards Alaria. And then you hear sort of a soft metal clunk of metal hitting stone. I mean, does it sound like it's behind me? No, it sounds like it's kind of to your left a little ways behind a tree. Uh, okay, so I see this phalanx of red dragons, uh, I guess coming from behind me, flying forward to, like, uh, to where I'm looking out over the Alarian countryside. Yep. Uh, and so then I hear Iron Man landing to my left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So uh, I'm, I'm going to like turn really quick and take a defensive stance. You can see more than I, you think they can see you, but you see a flash of armor and a red cape. Mm -hmm. I take my red cape, uh, the cloak of office of the guard captaincy of Palabar, that's not what it is. And uh, grab it with my left arm and sort of drape it around me, like at chest level. Like a uh, vampire? No, that would be up here at like <laughs> mouth level. So yes, but not as dramatic. More like a Roman patrician than a vampire. Ah, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so boat just sort of taking taking a stance where he could like bolt if he needed to and run away. I know you're over there. You might as well come out. You hear voices talking. They sound far enough away that they might not have heard you. Hey, don't ignore me. <laughs> I'm the protagonist. This is my story. You're just a bit player. You suddenly feel a presence behind you. Um, I do. I tuck and roll forward 
and then when I uh, get maybe like four or five feet away, I stand up and turn around. Uh, as you turn, you see the familiar shape of the black dragon priestess, ah. the one that you met in Ocean Bar. Now I take my uh, red cloak and lift it close to my mouth to protect myself. <laughs> I don't believe we've been introduced. I'd like to roll insight on this to see if she's lying to me. Absolutely. Please do. That's a 15. From what you can tell, she doesn't seem to know who you are. Are, are you serious? Do you really not remember me? Should I? I mean, we met at least once. It was a little while back. And what an impression you've left. Okay, I mean, that's pretty low. Maybe you just were busy, you know? Like, anyway, uh, what's, what's going on? Well, as she starts, like, to explain, and she's leaning sort of bored on her staff, but as she starts talking... Uh, you he you hear sort of somebody like rushing through the foliage and sort of bashing like the tree branches out of way out of his way before you see Aaron uh, standing, his armor gleaming, his cape you know flowing in the wind, and he pulls his sword on Emberlyn and points it at her. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I was just here. I was just watching the countryside, and now this is happening. What's going on? Who are you? Charles Barnes, professional wrestler. You don't look to be with them. Well, given that I don't know what you're talking about, I think that's probably accurate. Oh, he's angry. He thinks you're helping me. I don't know what's going on, man. I... Oh, he's having buyer's remorse. It's all right. Look, I'm sorry that you have to be a witness to this. Look... I don't want no part of nothing. I just want to get back to my bed. I was having a rare night of privacy and relaxation. I was reading a book, and then all of a sudden I'm right here. I don't know what's happening. Mm. I wasn't expecting a crazed wood hermit. I mean, whatever. If you gotta tear other people down to feel better about yourself, that's your business. I'm not the one talking about being in bed and reading a book in the middle of the mountains. I wasn't in the mountains. <laughs> Uh, Aaron sort of, like, brandishes his sword again. You are standing between me and her, and for your safety, I would suggest you step step away. Hey, look, man. May the best person win. I'm just gonna go stand over here. Mm. I support the winner. <laughs> he looks over. What? I don't know who you people are. I. She's a bad lady! She is a bad lady. Look, I don't know what's happening here. I feel like I've seen her before, so I sort of know a little bit what she's about. So maybe you're right. But at the same time, I don't know the particular circumstances of your beef right now. So I'm just going to step over here and let you all hash this out. Are you just going to like walk over and sit on a rock or something? Like I'm going to I'm going to walk about 12 feet from my current position so I can keep an eye on both of them. Pull out some pocket ham. Yeah. <laughs> pull out some pocket ham that is in the shape of popcorn in a popcorn well, tub. I was going to say it's in a, it's a ham sandwich. It's ham with ham with ham. Mm -hmm. So it's just It's a, just He just pulled an entire like deli ham packet out of the packet and is just eating it like a sandwich. It's a hamadilla. It's a meat hunk. Hamadilla. 
this might get dangerous, friend. He kind of like, he's not taking his eyes off Emerald, but he kind of like is darting them towards you. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the danger. Look, you have buyer's remorse. I get it. But you would not have told me everything that you did and wouldn't have helped me the way that you did. You didn't, in your heart, really believe this was for the best. Is she talking to me? No, she's talking okay. to Aaron. Okay. Who's kind Are of you like, talking to me? Are you talking to me? I didn't... I didn't want this. You certainly did everything to set it in motion. And for, frankly, very selfish reasons for someone who's claiming to be quite the hero. So, sorry. It is what it is. I'm interested that we have a witness for this, but... Actually, let's bring him into this. Hey, now. She looks over at you and kind of smiles. No, no, it'll just be for your opinion. I told you I'm a wrestler, not a referee. Mm. Well, no, you seem like a reasonable sort, right? Well, I'd like to think of myself as a reasonable man who can see both sides of an issue. Wonderful. So you'll be able to... If I offer a little bit of context, you could give me an opinion. Sure, let's hear it. If someone, part of a clandestine, sacred mission to stop some terrible, dark machinations, went to the side of the terrible, dark machinations and helped them divide the party of chosen warriors and pick them off one by one, all to settle some, frankly, very uh, selfish reasons and usher in an an age of chromatics. Let me me stop you there. I think I see where this is going. So what you're telling me is this dude over here, uh, basically, he changed teams and now you're saying he's a little, he's feeling a little bad about it. That's what I'm saying, yes. Okay. You're quick on the uptake. What do you, thank you. What do you need my opinion for? I think that it is unfair to blame me for his buyer's remorse. I mean, was he seduced into this new dark way of life? I don't see how anyone could be seduced into anything like that. Was he manipulated or anything? Did anybody throw a javelin at him to maybe force him to move in this direction? I don't know how I could have manipulated anyone. Was he very annoying to his, uh, to his friends? Did he steal from them? Did they outcast him? He was very annoying to one of them. Mm. But no, he saw my side. He understood why the chromatic dragons deserved what they deserve and why the world is better this way. But now that it's finally happening and eggs must be cracked for the omelet, he's all second guessing himself and blaming me for everything. Uh, tell you what, let me, let me go to the source here. And I turn to him. I'm like, so what's, what's your side of this situation? I, he kind of like looks down. You can sort of see shame flash in his eyes for a minute. I, I didn't want this. I didn't, I didn't think this was how this was going to be. What did you think, man? If you're switching to the other side, what did you think was going to happen? Oh yes. I'm excited to hear this. She said, she said it was going to be true freedom. That 
people were going to be liberated in a way that they couldn't under the rule of the metallics. Well, tell tell me tell me this. What what is your opinion? How what is your read on the way the metallics rule? She said, and he he gestures with his sword toward Emberlin. She said that they oppress people's true natures, that the chromatics are willing to accept people for what they are, not what they pretend to be, like the metallics demand. All right, so Boat, at this point, he sort of sits down, cross-legged, a little bit on the ground, looks at him. What was his name again? Aaron. But I don't know this. I looked at. I look at him. Actually, look- technically, you would. You were at the flashbacks where he was. Okay. Okay. So I look, I look at him, I look at Emberlin, I'm like, so what I'm hearing, and tell me if this is wrong. First, first he stops and so he looks at Emberlin, he's like, is what he's saying basically accurate how you portrayed the situation? Saying that that's how I portrayed it implies that that's not how it is. Well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Do you feel like he recounted the events accurately from your perspective? He forgot the linchpin of... The reason that he started telling me everything was he got rejected, but yes, all in all, that's about the same. Like a romantic rejection, or? Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, he looks back over at him. He's like, well, that's one tick not in your favor, pal. But anyways, what I'm hearing is that we have on one side these metallic dragons who are very much married to the idea of order and oppression. And then we've got these chromatics who want to liberate people to be able to live their own lives freely without the intervention of any kind of government Guys, or ruling Emberlin class. Guys, Emberlin is about to turn Bone into a chromatic priest! Uh, this is so, a bad scene! So you what put I'm, him here, Harris. What this I'm hearing inevitable. here is the chromatics are just offering a more, I don't know what the word is, libertarian way of life. For people. Is that accurate? Are you asking me or him? Uh, anybody within the sound of my voice. Is that is that an accurate assessment of the situation you have painted for me? Aaron Aaron's sword is essentially shaking with how hard he's gripping it, and Emberlyn is just kind of smiling, and she's like, I think that that's very fair. You're... you're clever. He's clearly he's come here to kill you. Is that right, man? Is that what you're doing? I... Well, I think that's what he intended. Okay. So, let me ask you this. If he were to drop his sword and run away, would you let him live? Like, setting everything else aside? Of course. Because one thing I really appreciate is just sort of the sanctity of life. And if we can avoid needless killing, that would be... That would be bonus right there. So, what do you say, friend... If you just drop your sword and you run away and you save yourself, because you're not doing anybody any favors at this point, and I'll tell you right now, with the way that sword is shaking, uh, you're about a half step away from getting killed yourself. He just kind of, like, is choking on his own breath and on the sobs that he's sort of repressing. Yeah, man, you have uh, you've clearly betrayed a principle that you had, and you're going to have to live with the shame of that. But the key there is live with the shame of it and not die for the shame of it. Truthfully, shame is useless. Embrace what you've done. Look at the good it's going to do. She kind of turns over to you, ignoring Aaron for a moment. 
Who are you with? Well, normally I run around with my hype man, but uh, he doesn't seem to be here anywhere. We uh, travel the countryside putting on uh, performances of athletic excellence. Have you ever thought yourself to a higher calling? I mean, lately, I've my body's been going through some changes. I've been discovering some new abilities and things like that. I, uh, you know, I was raised in a monastery, so I have a very sort of uh, a broad view of the world and how it came together and everything like that. I don't really tie myself to any particular deity. Well, I don't either, but I believe that you could find a lot of purpose with me and people like me. Is is that so? Boat Boat is seeing where this is going now, and he's he's putting his guard back up just slightly because he was mainly just sort of spitballing to try to figure out what was going on and sort of save himself in a worst case scenario. She kind of like backs off and is like, now I'm not going to force anyone to do anything, but I think it is worth considering. There is a new world order coming and being a friend of the chromatics would be beneficial in this new coming day and age. As she's saying this, Aaron gripping his sword and screaming sprints towards the two of you. She looks at him for a moment, points, says a single word and he drops. Is he very clearly dead when he drops? Yep. Okay. Boat looks down at him, looks at her. It's like, come on, was that totally necessary? Like, it seems like you totally had him under control there. You didn't have to kill him. It was self-defense. Boat leans down just to check his pulse, just to make sure. What is the, what is the body's response to power word kill? Death. <laughs> you find all the symptoms of dead. The cause of death was death. I diagnose you with dead. That's why they call it diagnose. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Boat's just sort of like, I, there was absolutely no need for this. You you had him under control. You could have just sent him away. While he's doing this too, he's sort of feeling around on uh, Aaron's person for any potential valuables. Good Christ, Boat. You are going to find a, sac a sachet of 125 gold, but dear God. Okay. So at this point, I think Boat is starting to grok a little bit what's going on. Um, can I roll like an insight to see if Boat sort of figured out what's happened? You absolutely may. All right. I rolled a 17. All right. What are you trying to find out specifically? Just not necessarily trying to find out everything, but just sort of like understanding that I'm in the past now and it's different from the other times we've been in the past. Yes. You have the ability to interact and change things as the past exists. Mm -hmm. And you are physically there. It's like the final episode of Quantum Leap. I will tell you, you are getting some major sketch vibes from Emberlin. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously. Like, I, I know who she is. Boat's just trying to use her ignorance of who he is to his own advantage right now. Well, I'm like... Should we bury him? Why? That's just what you do. Is that not something that the metallics or that the chromatics do? They're a little more utilitarian. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to eat him. Well, you might <laughs> not, but she gestures towards the increasing number of shadows in the sky. Oh, like how many? 
Like, just like a, a flotilla of dragons? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Why why do you follow the chromatics? I know, I know you were trying to get him to follow them, but why do you do it? There are many reasons, but... I'll take I one. I guess if you want to be succinct with it, I believe everything that I told him. So you... Humans, elves, orcs, dwarves, whatever. People are at best repressing their nature of who they are. At least the chromatics don't lie about it. They admit what they are. They admit who they are. Are we talking about, like, pure hedonism here? Mm. Hedonism, I think, dismisses a more righteous calling on it. But mm -hmm. if that's how you want to think about it, sure. I really hate that this is the conclusion that I'm coming to, but it sounds like you're just basically espousing and proselytizing individual rights and personal responsibility. I am proselytizing, if you want to call it that. A world where people aren't lying about who they are and do not commit injustices under a facade of nobility and righteousness. Hmm. When you talk about nobility, I, I imagine you're thinking of sort of a high-mindedness rather than the actual nobility. You would be correct. Okay. How do you feel about the nobility, as in rulers and such? Does your literature have any opinion on those? There are no gods to a man who controls himself. Mm-hmm. I recognize well, no authority except my own and Lord Shyam. Is that your draconic patron? Yes. Well, now that you've killed this guy, what's next for you? Well, she sort of gestures to Ilaria. I have a war to get to. Well, I have two things to say. Well, maybe three. The first is, I appreciate what you've said and your reasoning for things. My upbringing is such that I really have to think about war as a next step in bringing about any kind of revolution. But I philosophically appreciate where you're coming from. Mm. The second thing is, I wish you would have let this man live. He clearly was dealing with some issues. I'm not saying you caused them, but you could have helped him by just doing nothing. The third thing is that I'm going to bid you farewell, and I'm going to try to find my way home in all this mess. And I actually have a fourth thing to tell you. And this is the most important thing. If you forget everything I've said, if you forget me, this is what I need you to remember. If you find an untrustworthy kobold, never take them into your confidence. <laughs> I take no one into my confidence, but I do appreciate the heads up. Just keep an eye out. You never know who you might run into, especially with the world getting a lot more dangerous than it has been in the past. I will absolutely keep my eyes out for the kobold. All right. Well, I bid you farewell, and I hope we part maybe not as friends, but at least not as enemies. You are an interesting distraction. He tips his hat. Good day. She sort of like waggles her fingers in a goodbye. Mm -hmm. As you walk away, this swirling, dark purple mist sort of surrounds you. And before you know it, you, Koza, Solinar, 
and Johannes find yourself standing in the Glade of the Nymphs, near the waterfall where Alden hangs out, though there is not a current Alden. Koza, as you were going to find your party, the mist swirled around you, and you found yourself standing at in Alden's Glade with your party members. Sitting on a rock and apparently writing something is Almain. Uh, um, what was the guy's name that I met again? Van. Also, all four of you are aware that the rest of you are there. It was very sudden. Elmain, right? She kind of, like, looks up. Yes? Uh, 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 Van said to tell you he, he tried his best. Thank you. She gets down. Who are all of you? How did you get into the glade? And then, Daquin, take this down. I had another dream invention. You can't let Danish poets lie to you. You gotta connect the the mic. What? You're not Daquin. Who are you? My name is Elmain. Who are you? I am Johannes. Oh, look! It's the whole party. Are we? Is this another dream? I mean, I'm here. Solinar checks attention. The the stone is there. Yeah, I'm not convinced any of this is a dream. You all are confusing me. Um, what, how did you get here? What are you doing? And and how do you know Van is, he's dead, isn't he? I, I don't know. I left it. I don't. I see. What are you all doing here? What, what can I do for you? Oh my gosh, you're Alita's mom. I, I, um... What? <laughs> You're Alita's mom. That's why you look like older Alita. I am not anyone's mom, to my understanding. Oh, we want to be careful here. I've heard things about paradoxes. Marty, you're not thinking <laughs> no, four-dimensionally. Okay. <laughs> I think I already I'm, did I'm... my laundry. Look, Alita's mom, we don't have time. We we're on the holy mission. We've got the, the dragon pendant, and we've already found a couple of relics. The wait the the dragon relics. Yes, those are under strict guard. How did you get dragon relics? Don't worry, the guards have been helping us. They've ghosted us past the uh, black dragon priestess's eye. But, and but, we're what? we're we're trying to save the world with your daughter Alita. I have a lot of questions. Maybe one of you could explain this. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I'm in a position to explain much. Artemis said something about atonement, and then I got a gem from uh, the guy with the horns, Bernard. Ber- Bernard, that's the one. Is he okay? And oh no. Uh, oh no. He- no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. He and um the oh lord times like this I wish I was better at names. App uh, app uh Applegate no a it's an A name. It's a woman. It it's Astrid. Astrid. Yeah, they're I uh, I don't know what happened, but both of them were too far gone when I arrived and I was unable to do anything for either of them. 
Bernard did something, though. He said he's not getting you, and then he cast a big spell that was really glowy, and then he had this red stone, and Artemis wanted me to have it, so I guess that's with me now. I wouldn't know, but Artemis, as weird as she is, has proved trustworthy in the past. So I just had a conversation with Emberlyn. That was fun. What? what? Uh, Yeah, so I was in my room reading that book, and then all of a sudden I'm standing on top of a mountain looking at Ilaria while a whole mess of red dragons flies over me toward Ilaria. Uh, so then I'm standing there and Emberlyn sees me. She doesn't recognize me or anything, uh, which the reasoning for that now seems pretty obvious. But uh, anyway, this dude Aaron comes up and he's feeling really, uh, really regretful about his uh, past behavior. And I tried to talk her out of killing him, but I was unsuccessful. Emberlyn killed Aaron. Right in front of me. She just pointed a finger at him and he fell down dead. What do you mean his past behavior? Uh, apparently, he had, uh, switched sides, uh, and gone over to the chromatic side, but he was feeling bad about it, and he was trying to kill Emberlyn to atone for that. She kind of, like, sits down with her hand over her mouth. She I, looks in shock. I really don't ha don't know how else to explain all that. Like, you know, I've seen Emberlyn before, and I wasn't about to try and fight her myself. And I tried to talk her out of killing this guy because it seemed like he walked right up to the line and then he was losing his nerve. He was clearly having some kind of some kind of episode or just a nerve attack or something like that. So I tried to I tried to appeal to her pity and she was just not having any of that. So as Boat is discussing this, a figure comes out of the mist to... Johannes? Yo. Johannes. <laughs> Iris kind of like walks up to the group and is like, what are... She has a very noticeable limp at this point. And she's kind of like, what... what are you doing here? I was recounting my latest dream uh, invention to my um, squirrel note taker and then teleported here. Uh, so that I could uh, presumably meet up with my party so we could see Alita's mom. I, whose mom? Alita's mom. That's, uh, that's, uh, right here. Since when do you have a daughter? I do not have a daughter. That is not what's important. I, who are you, really? Oh, you know, just a bunch of people from time they call us the treasury <laughs> i can't we're, we're, we're your daughter's traveling companions on a quest to a holy mission i should say to save the world we were recruited by your daughter and we are led by the dragon pendant in order to I don't know, probably just bring some some kind of i think balance is what alita wants balance if Aaron betrayed us and Bernard and Hastrid are dead and Van is dead and Iris and I are the only ones left, that means they won. Their weapon is sealed, but we're going to lose this war. 
you all must be the ones that fix what we've messed up. That's certainly the hope. Break glass in case of emergency. That's us. I probably don't have much time. We were able to seal their god. The ultimate god of the chromatic dragons. We broke it into five pieces and sealed it away. In return, they did the same to us. So wait a minute. We're, we're assembling the one true god of the metallic dragons? No, the relics aren't for that. Okay. If they are going to finish the ritual that Emberlin was trying to do, what is going to happen is the metallic dragons are going to get sealed away. The relics act as a summoning beacon. There's a ritual. It's a very, very, very sacred ritual. Performing it with the relics would theoretically bring them back if they were sealed, but I don't think that's ever been tested, and I'm not sure if it'll work. But if they're going to seal away the dragons, then I have something I need to do. Do you have any message that we should relate to your daughter, Alita's mom? I'll write her a letter. I think that that will... That will be more effective. But whatever you do, please... Do everything you can to... Fix this. I have no right to ask you any of this, but... Please... Please don't let this be how the world ends. It is no problem. Your daughter is a good leader and is uh, currently, we have two of what I've now learned is five relics that we need to get instead of four. And also, I'm glad to hear that that letter is all right, but I hope that you also uh, record a letter for your daughter. Is there anything you need to know from me? I mean, if you've got any tips for dealing with a crazed black dragon priestess who's hundreds of years old and seemingly infinitely powerful, you know, a, a hidden weak spot, perhaps, or... If we, knew, some... if we knew Emberlyn's weak spot, we would have killed her ourselves. But she is the only priestess of Shyam. They are linked in a way that I have not seen another priest be linked to a dragon. I think they keep each other strong. I mean, I've heard of weirder relationships. I don't know what the key to destroying her is, but I wouldn't be surprised if the key to destroying Cheyenne and Emberlyn was the other one. I don't know that I love the idea of the weak point is a large black dragon. <laughs> that doesn't, I don't, I don't know that that math really adds up for me. Then think of it as the weak point of the large black dragon is a skinny elf woman. A skinny elf woman who apparently can kill people by pointing at them. I believe I'll be keeping my distance from that. Thank you very much. If you all were chosen as heroes, I have a daughter. She probably has the same gift of prophecy I do. Then you all will probably succeed where we failed. Yeah, we've already we won the wrestling match of fate. That's why we were chosen. Well, except Koza. Koza, uh, he was selling mushrooms oh. in a stall on the side of the street. But I'm glad that he's here because he's been, um, we, we needed him. Uh, well, uh, um, 
Thank you, Johannes. Yep. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Let me jump in. I said needed past tense, but we're in the past right now, and you might not even be born yet. So I don't know. We've we the future need you. Blue perfect need. Future needs you. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure if Alita hasn't been born, none of us have been born. Oh my gosh, that's right. Alita's old. I mean, in in human years, yes. Man, she you got an. Old, <laughs> I'm just gonna say, you got an old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> How could a woman that looks like you have a daughter that old? Elmaine is gonna kind of look at you and like laugh, sort of sadly. Like, the, the same kind of laugh that, like, someone at a funeral would if someone told a joke. You are interesting people, but you seem like an interesting choice, but I think you'll be able to succeed where we failed. That's our, I mean, that's our group name. We're the interesting choices. <laughs> <laughs> As Elmaine says this, the dark purple mist begins swirling around each of your feet. Well, uh, it looks like we're we're gonna be going. So, uh, thanks thanks for everything. Um, don't be afraid of visiting the Feywild, and uh, uh, don't oh, forget to write. Tell Alden not to go and get himself killed, because that would really mess up our timeline. I'm going to protect Alden. Don't worry. Thank you. And with that, the mist swirls around the four of you. And each of you wake up where you last remember being. Are you trying to see if there's some kind of magical reaction? I mean, he's trying to see if, like, he recalls a thing happening when he put attention in the stone together in his vision, but he doesn't remember exactly what he did or how. And therefore, he's like, there's a slight disconnect between what he's trying to do and remembering what was done. Like, are you, so, given that I have, hold on, a, a life-scale model of attention right here, um, uh-huh. I can, uh, for those of you listening, because I know you can't see it, I legitimately have a full life-scale model of attention in my right hand at the moment. So, say this cat mug is the ruby. <laughs> are you just, uh-huh. like, doing this and, like, tapping them together and trying to, like, fit it? Into... Make them kiss. <laughs> you just hear like the tink, 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 tink. of me tink, trying tink, to tink, tink. 